episode of Let's Talk Monsters. I'm Mike. I'm Allison. And since today's Halloween, we wanted to bring you a special episode. Yay, Halloween. So today we're going to do something that's a little different. Normally we talk about a movie. Today we're going to talk about a DVD. There are movies on this DVD, but the movies aren't really what we're interested in. What we're really interested in talking about is the actual DVD. This DVD is called Monsters Crash the Pajama Party Spook Show Spectacular. Now this is a very rare and highly sought after DVD. It came out, I want to say, in the early 2000s. And now, I, you know, I guess there just aren't that many of them left. And they seem to go for a pretty penny online. I'm glad I have one. Yeah. And basically what it is, it's a DVD with a movie that was made in the 50s called Monsters Crash the Pajama Party. There's another movie on it called Tormented, also from the 50s or maybe early 60s. These films have been around for a while. I think they're in the public domain. And so it's not so much the films. But what makes this DVD so special are the Easter eggs that this is the apex of people putting Easter eggs on DVDs. Like in the menus and everything. Yeah. For people to click around and just have fun. And this DVD is just chock full of stuff. It is the coolest DVD. I mean, I watch this thing every Halloween. I mean, Halloween just isn't the same without this DVD. And basically you literally have to navigate your way through it. One of the things I don't like about it is it's not very user friendly. You have to have a good remote and stuff if if you're if you're using like a DVD player, some of the Easter eggs are subtle. Like you really have to move the thing around and say, okay, what's highlighted? Yeah, and then sometimes it doesn't even highlight. You just you're like looking for stuff, and then it looks unresponsive. But then you just have to hit it like blindly, and it'll bring you something. And you never know; it might be like a two second thing, like a plastic skeleton like yelling or something, or it might be like a whole short, like a whole music video or something like that, so. Yeah, on the internet, I think a few people have tried to map the thing out. So I'm sure that running a search on the internet, if you find a reliable source, uh, they've done a pretty good job of telling you what each thing. So basically like there's these little images, like there's a little image of a black cat and if you can highlight it and then you press on that, the black cat takes you to, like what Allison said, it could be, it could be one of the films or it could be like a short, it could just be like a dangling skeleton from like the 1960s. What I love about this DVD is that there's just a lot of old stuff on it. It goes back a long ways. When I first saw this, I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff that was on it. I just figured it was something from the 50s, you know, maybe 50s and 60s, which isn't that rare. I mean, if you watch any of the late night creature feature shows, they usually have commercials and things like that that go back to what it was like to be in the movie theater in the late 60s and early 70s. And, and even in those days, they were rerunning stuff from the 40s and 50s a lot. So when I was growing up, I got really familiar with that stuff. But it also includes radio ads, radio spots that I remember as a kid on AM radio when the county fair was coming to town or a carnival was coming to town. In those days, it was the real stuff. I mean, a lot of these old carnies from the 40s, they were still alive in those days. And they would bring that whole thing into your town and they would promote it on the radio and it would just be this really fun, like, come out to the carnival and see the amazing 10-foot gorilla. He will take your head off. There's no doubt about it. Like, it was just kind of like the weirdest stuff. When I heard it on this DVD, it was like, wow, first of all, somebody recorded all of that stuff and saved it. And then they just thought to put it on this DVD. It's so great, you know? And then they show old posters and stuff from those days. Uh, when you used to go to the county fair, they had signs to the exhibits and rides that were painted. It was really elaborate, decorative artwork, 
It was really beautiful and and scary. As a kid, I was always scared of them because they were bigger than life. I don't know if it was on plywood or canvas. I remember looking up and seeing the snake lady or the sword swallower, the science of the fun house. So it'd have like giant clowns or the stretchy man, sort of, you know, like the freak show kind of stuff. And all of that stuff was still around in those days. All of this stuff is on this DVD. It's really cool. In addition to that, they have music spots, videos, music videos that go back to the 30s and 40s. Uh, one of the things I really like about it is there's a lot of black performers. And this isn't, you don't get the feeling like these performances are produced by white people so much as these are black performances for black people. This is the kind of stuff that they probably showed in like the black theaters because things were segregated in those days. And this is just priceless stuff because... Once again, it's probably in the public domain. If you ran searches on YouTube, you could probably find it. But it's just so cool to have it on a DVD and you just click randomly on something and you just see this big band stuff or, you know, these uh, jazz guys from like 1930s or 1940s playing some Halloween song. Like one of the songs they play is Dem Bones, you know, where the guy says, the leg bones connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bones connected to the tail bone, like <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. There's another music video that has, they were called the Brian Sisters. And and there were three of them, and they had the same kind of harmonies as the Andrew sisters. And they do a song that's called uh, The Boogie Woogie Man. And it's a really, really cool music video. There's a lot of German expressionist shadows and stuff of witches while they're singing. And it's very well done. Yeah, and this stuff is like on a stage. So it kind of gives you like that vaudeville type of feel. It goes nicely with the, like you were saying before about they have those like retro posters. And these retro posters, they go on and on and on. Like they have, if you find a certain spot in there just goes on and on. It could probably go on for hours. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where this DVD, what I love to do with it, if I'm carving a pumpkin or whatever, like you could just put this thing on and just let it go. Once you find something that plays for a while, you could just, it's just the perfect background accompaniment to Halloween night or just like the things that you're doing in Halloween. It's just the perfect background DVD. It's just nice to have it going in the background. I would say like the ultimate highlight of this DVD are the home movies. There's one Easter egg that opens up to somebody's home movies. I don't know if it's just one family. I was trying to figure that out, if it was one family or maybe a few different families who contributed their home movies to the DVD. But the home movies go all the way back to the 1920s. It's pretty amazing what some of these home movies accomplish. The first one is a vampire homemade movie that somebody made, I would venture to say it's gotta be late 20s, just based on the hairstyles. There's a woman in it who's got a hairstyle. It's, it looks late 20s, early 30s. It's right in there with like London After Midnight or maybe the original Dracula, somewhere in that time frame. And the vampire in it is dressed up like the vampire Lon Chaney's London After Midnight. So he's got the top hat and he has the, the cape. The only difference is his fangs. He doesn't have the filed fangs. He has the Nosferatu fangs. But the makeup, it's excellent. It's on the same level as the actual film. And when I first saw it, I just thought, well, these have to be professional filmmakers. They have to be somehow affiliated with Hollywood. It's that good. It's one thing to have, you know, an old Kodak camera, maybe an old eight millimeter uh, wind up camera that, you know, those were available in those days, but it doesn't really come off like it's homemade eight millimeter. This looks more like 16 millimeter stuff. So what that tells me is these are probably people who worked in Hollywood or, you know, had connections or maybe they were, I, I don't know who they were. Well, yeah. it, it's cool. They're making like basically these like short fan films where they take like already existing famous movies, basically like 
because the London After Midnight one, it looks more like they're acting out Dracula, so I'm just going to say Dracula. They got Dracula, the mummy, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde one, they actually seem like they have their own storyline going on. That one looks like the most fleshed out. It's nice. It's nice to see like these fan films where it's like they take the general story, but they shorten it down to like a couple minutes. And you know, they're building these sets like in their bedroom or something like that. But at the same time, they put in a lot of work for something that's in your bedroom. It's like a theater set that you built yourself, like in the house or something. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, I mean, these people were probably professional and they could have said, oh, let's just go to the soundstage and let's just do this upright. But that's not the vibe you get. The vibe you get is that they were sort of sitting around the house and for shits and giggles, they had the ability, they were good enough, they could do the makeup, they had the cameras and stuff. And they said, hey, let's just do this in the bedroom. You know, so when you're looking around, like in the mummy one, you could see that they're in a bedroom. Like I think at one point you can see the ceiling and you can see the light socket for the bedroom, you know? It's like they didn't even bother to cover that. But the rest of the room, they basically recreated a mummy's tomb. So there's hieroglyphics, there's there's like a sarcophagus, and then they have this really convincing looking mummy, you know, that like attacks this guy and stuff. For the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they were able to recreate the makeup. That film is famously known for the makeup for the transformation scene when Dr. Jekyll turns into Mr. Hyde, which was a closely guarded secret for many years. And yet these people were doing it in like the 1930s. So, I mean, they were recreating it. So obviously these people knew what they were doing. The old way of doing it in the John Barrymore, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, when Dr. Jekyll drinks the potion and then he turns into Mr. Hyde, it's just a jump cut. That's the way you would do it in the old days. But in the Frederick March film, they tried to do it in one continuous shot. And the way they were able to do it was using a combination of makeup and filters on the camera so that when the filter would change, the color of the makeup on his face would be highlighted or not, you know, depending on what filter it is. And it's that famous scene where Frederick March is grabbing his throat and he's choking and then he, when he lifts his head up again and then you see like, oh, like there's different shadows on his face. And it's one of the more famous transformation scenes in horror history. And it's an example of a situation where you could only do that in black and white. Like it wouldn't work in color because obviously it would show too much, you know, but the fact that everything is grayscale, it like allows them to do like this certain trick in camera, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, that's pretty cool because usually you think like, okay, yeah, anything you can do in black and white, you can do in color, maybe better or something, but not in this situation. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that through this whole home movies portion of the DVD, since these little vignettes, these little mini movies are all silent, there's no script or anything. These are just little two to five minute recreations, you know, and there's just a really simple plot that you can follow there. You don't need any dialogue, but the music company is provided by a band called the Dead Elvi. And this band is probably the best rock and roll band that does like rock and roll horror. I mean, these guys are just, I didn't really know much about them until I got the DVD. And when I heard the music, I was like, whoa, who are these guys? I mean, it's just like great guitar players, just really good, solid rock and roll. But all of the songs have monster themes. Once again, this DVD introduced me to those guys. And now I'm, I'm like a huge fan of their music. To wrap this up, you know, we just wanted to have fun and share something on Halloween. This DVD, if you can get it, like I said, is not cheap right now, unless they decide to re-release it in some form. You know, it's funny because these days with the digital streaming and stuff, it's one of the things you 
can't really do with streaming is the Easter egg thing. So I don't know. I mean, people don't really buy DVDs anymore. And it's I don't know if this will ever be available again. And it'll still remain very rare and, and hard to get. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, yeah, most people stream, but horror fans are an exception because a lot of horror movies are only available on DVD, sometimes only on VHS. But, you know, DVD is still pretty popular in the horror community. So if there's a demand for it, you never know. I don't know. Yeah. I hope they re-release it so that more people can get it because it's just a really fun DVD. It's called Monsters Crash the Pajama Party Spook Show Spectacular. And we didn't really talk much about the movie, uh, the actual movie that's called Monsters Crash the Pajama Party. It's a really fun little movie. I don't know. It's not even like a full length. You know, originally it was in the, it was a drive-in thing. And I think originally it was part of like a midnight spook fest, you know, back in the days, you know, when they'd have like the midnight movie and stuff. So I think this movie was just part of a bunch of other things, sort of like in the spirit of William Castle, the theater would be set up with props and things like that. And yeah, the interactive yeah the, yeah, the interactive <laughs> days when you went to the movie theater back in the 60s. So that's, you know, that's it for the DVD. Because it's Halloween, we also wanted to do something different. And so Allison decided to, uh, why don't you just explain how the how this thing works. So Okay, we saw this other podcast doing this game and we wanted to try the same game and they got it from somebody else too. So basically the game is you get four clues and each clue, like you try to guess with as few clues as possible basically, but you get like up to four and you have to guess basically what they all have in common or something that links them all. He's going to guess and I'm going to give the clues. Okay, so here's clue number one. Clue number one is a headless horseman. Okay, so I'm supposed to guess the answer with just Headless Horseman. The way it works is I will get three more clues, but every time I need a new clue, I get less points. So this would be five points if I were to guess the answer to the question with just Headless Horseman. So I don't know what it is. That's just not enough information for me, but I don't lose anything by guessing. So I'll just get to say films starring Johnny Depp. No, it's not. <laughs> the second clue is Blackula. Headless Horseman and Blackula. Or is it just head, the concept of Headless Horseman? Yeah, the character. So it's not the movie or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, it's not a Sleepy Hollow movie. It's the character. Okay. Okay, my guess is monsters from the 18th century. No, the third clue is the Trilogy of Terror Doll. He's supposed to be from some African tribe or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I and forgot what name. So you have the Trilogy of Terror Doll, Blackula, and Headless Horseman. And there's a thread that runs through. There's something that connects all three of them. And if I guess it now, what do I get? Two points? Yeah. I get two points. And if I need the final clue, then I only get one point. All right, I want the last clue. The last clue is the spiders from Arachnophobia. Now I'm lost. That that clue is, that, that should have been the first clue because <laughs> that didn't make it easier. That made it harder. I, I, I'm That just threw me. I, you know, <laughs> it made total sense up until that point. I just... <laughs> Two of them have swords, but the other ones don't. I mean, you might as well just tell me because I don't... Monsters that come to America from other countries. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <sighs> okay, you want the next question? Yeah. The first clue is frogs. Frogs. So now, are you talking about the film frogs yeah. or just frogs? No, the movie that I love. <laughs> okay, so frogs. If I get it right on this one, then I get five points, yeah. right? It's like the ultimate guess. Films that have characters who are in wheelchairs. No, that's not it. The next clue is Dr. Fives Rises Again. Okay, so Dr. Fives Rises Again and Frogs. 
Okay. Okay. Now, if I guess it on this one, I get three points. Yeah. Is it? Okay. So, Dr. Fives rises again, and frogs. What do they have in common? People who die from snakes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't die from snakes, it was just bitten by snakes. In Dr. Fives rises again, isn't it a fake snake? There's a mechanical snake that Fives created and he, when he realizes the mechanical snake he laughs and he's like and he's like admires and he's like, oh this is so ingenious and then he sees another snake that has the mechanical device and he just thinks that it's the same kind of thing but then of course it, it's a real snake with just a fake mechanical thing which yeah, is which is so fivey <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay and so technically he gets bit by the snake. Yeah. Right. And then in Frogs... The mom. The mom, yeah, yeah. Which is the daughter of the main guy. Like, Ray Meland is the patriarch and then his daughter. Yeah, her name is Iris. There's four generations represented in this movie. There's the, I guess, great-grandpa. Then there's the grandparents. Then there's the young adults. And then there's the kids. So, yeah, Iris is the grandma generation, I guess. She gets bitten by snakes. Multiple snakes. No, I thought it was one. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she gets bit at least twice. (laughs) She, like, turns green. And then (laughs) she falls into a puddle that's, like, filled with leeches. But, okay, so what are the other two clues for this? The next one is Westworld, where, you know, he also doesn't die from the snake. He just gets bitten by it. And then the last one, I couldn't think of a good fourth movie, so I just said Harry Potter (laughs) 2. You should have said Billy Jack. Anyway, that's our Halloween special, and we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you have a happy and safe Halloween. Happy Halloween! Can it be true that any volunteer will be decapitated with a meat cleaver? See it, hear it, and actually feel it. (laughs) Unbelievable, but true. Look out for the monsters, skeletons, and other creatures flying above you, running after you to rip your flesh apart. <laughs>